Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's not good. Something's attacking her. Everybody's hearing voices. Some living people have disappeared. This is the victim that he murdered. Real sick in this room. It's like trying to bite my chest and my throat. It definitely creeped me out. The dead can go into the house. I think that some of them could be dangerous. If you're mine, you can't escape. My name is Amy Allen. What's happening? I see dead people. It seems like a double. I speak to dead people. He's pissed off, and they speak to me. I felt real fear. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she's being murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Serial killer pops in my head. And I know every person, every house has secrets. Nobody believes me. It's my job to reveal them. Do you think there's still bodies there? I do. But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. You got problems. I got news for you. When we uncover if it's safe for you to stay... This is our house, whether they like it or not. Or time to get out. This is their house, the house of the dead. I'm in Roseburg, Oregon. It's about an hour south of Eugene. I received a call from a woman named Lori. Now, she takes care of elderly people in her home. She says the activity is putting her patients at risk and destroying her personal life. She sounded really bad, and I'm hoping we can help her out. Before Amy arrives, I sweep the house, removing artwork, family photos, and personal items to avoid influencing her findings. When I'm finished, the location will be ready for tonight's walk. Oh boy, that's not good. You know, there's a doorway there. It's pretty long, and it does kind of go pretty far that way. There are things, and there's also some kind of path. Now, this is separate from this doorway. There are dead people on it, walking. I'm very concerned about the living people wandering up in there and, and disappearing. Like, where are they disappearing to? Other dimensions. Well, Lori, I'm glad I'm here. You sounded really upset and desperate on the phone. So what's exactly going on? It's really been tough here. Um, in the last three years, things are just gotten to the point to where I'm scared to be here. Now, who exactly lives in the house? Me, 
my boyfriend Devin, his little girl Cameron, I have a picture of her here. This is Cameron. And um, I have an adult foster care that we run. And so there's three ladies that live also in the home. So they're here all the time? All the time. So these people are basically part of your family when you think about it. Yes, right? they are. I also have a caregiver who lives here by the name of Julie. Are they experiencing anything? Yes. They're afraid to even go to bed at night. Everybody's hearing voices, items moving on their own, apparitions. Our health is declining here, and our mood swings are elevated. Now, how long have you been living here? I grew up here. I moved away when I turned 18, and I moved back here about seven, eight years now. Do you know any history about the house? Not really. I just know that the house was in originally about a mile north from here. And here's a picture of the house when it was first moved here. So the house been moved? Yeah. Do you have any idea why it was moved? They had to move the house to make way for the interstate freeway. Okay, now, do you know if this is still on the original property? Yeah, it is. Okay, that's interesting. Have you done anything uh, in the house to try to fix what's happening here? I tried to sage it a couple times during um, a blessing. Okay. And that didn't really work. What do you hope we can do for you? The home, it means a lot to me. I pray and I hope that you and Amy can um, help us with what's going on here so we can continue our business and continue living here. There's a barrier. Someone's put up uh, protections around the property, but uh, things are getting in. Because of the pathway and the doorway in the woods, the activity here is out of control. Dead people and strange creatures are walking in and out of this home. So I do think that they've heard scratching on the walls, people walking around. Yeah, they've seen some weird Okay, what's going on in here? This is where the business and my resident and my caregiver live. Okay, and this was here when you lived here as a kid? Yes, my bedroom's right over here when I grew up. Let me ask you a question. Back then, were you having any experiences? We had a few experiences. My grandmother would see faces or people looking in at her through the windows and her door. And just faces, though, not a body. How was her mind at the time? She was fine. All right, what else is going on down here? Well, down here we hear, like, footsteps upstairs when nobody's home. Voices like people talking, conversations of people that aren't there. Between how many people, you think? Two, three. All right. I mean, TV's left on upstairs, anything like that? No. And um, we have banging sounds throughout the house. And it sounds like someone's picking up, like, encyclopedias and just dropping them. Books, just booms. It's really crazy. I mean, that's got to scare the hell out of you. Yeah, it does. I'm seeing a creature thing, big and dark. Looks like an animal scratching on the outside walls. It's not very intelligent. Uh, it's more like a moth. Do you know where it comes from? From that uh, hallway. Are the other things that come out of this hallway, are they like this one? Uh, they're all different entities. I think that some of them could be dangerous. 
what's going on in here? It's almost like a struggle every day just to be yourself here. I think all of us happen to have mood swings. Devin and I, we're having a really tough time. It's just this rage that gets into you. The easiest and simplest little thing just flares him off or flares me off. Now these mood swings, is it affecting your relationship? Yes, our relationship's about done. If we can't figure this out, I think we're splitting up. Really? Yeah. I mean, couples go through that all the time. You're sure it's paranormal? Yeah. Since the activity has picked up, we're not the same people. Do you feel any better when you're away? Yeah, I feel a lot better. We don't fight, we don't argue, we don't go into these weird rages. Now, is there anything else going on? We're all getting very ill. I'm just fatigued in this home. And I've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Lots of pain. When you leave here, do you feel any better? Yeah, I have a lot more energy. I'm begging you guys to help me. Hopefully you call us in in time, you know, and we can get this fixed. I hope so. I'm seeing a living woman in here. I think they are a sensitive. I think they know it. I think um, it's something that is in their family. Definitely didn't pick a, a good house to live in. If there's random dead people that run through, the person could pick up on that and the feelings from that. Being a sensitive in a highly active area over time can make you sick. Sick how? Anything from flu-like symptoms to cancer. So, Devin, I was talking to Lori, and she says you live here with her. Yes, correct. She also explained how both of you have mood swings that are causing a lot of tension. We could just be getting along just fine, and all of a sudden just be angry with each other for no reason. Well, what makes you think it's paranormal, though? I mean, couples fight. Because of the way it escalates and the feelings that I get, you know, it has a lot to do with the house. I've sat down and had conversations with Lori about maybe it's the entity here. I can feel the vibes coming off of it. It's definitely going to get enjoyment out of, of wrecking a relationship. Have you had any experiences here? Uh, just the cupboards being open. Lots of cupboards. I'm thinking, you know, Lori, leaving the cupboards open again, and, and it's not. And do they lock in, or do they, they loose? They do catch. Do you hear it, or you just go in there and you see it? Just go in and see it. Just after I just closed them. Anything else? Yes. My daughter. She got pushed. She got pushed? Mm-hmm. She was outside on the steps out there by the fish pond before the fish pond was put in. Okay. And I was sitting inside the house, and she ran in just screaming in hysterics. And she's sure it wasn't one of the animals bumping into no. her or anything like that? Mm -hmm. I know she's very well stressed out about it. She's very scared. It's not fair. It's not fair to anybody. There's someone with long brown hair. I think it's a girl. Something's happening to her. Something's, like, attacking her. Her arms, she can't lift them because they are being held down. I don't know what that was. That was weird. There was this weird person that ran out of here. 
and then jumped out at me, growled, and was like trying to bite my chest and my throat. They just ran, ran away. And it was like out of nowhere. It definitely creeped me out though. I've seen an aberration. Of what? Of a lady. What kind of clothing are we talking about? Talking about the old, old school, like 18th century. You know, those old shirts that used to balloon out. Puff, puff out, yeah. Puff out. That's what she was wearing. Okay, now if you had a guess on an age of this person, what would you think? Uh, probably 30s, 40s. Okay, so not, not a young teenager girl. No. All right, were you drinking the night before? Were you woke up no. a little hammered? Nothing no. like that? No. Definitely more than one entity that comes through here. And it just seems like spirits are trying to get to the other side. And this is a go-through. Okay. I think most of the activity is coming from outside. It's very unsettled. There's a lot of traffic. Dead traffic. The house isn't in a good place. The first hallway is here. And mostly what I'm seeing coming out of this end are more creature-like things. Things I don't know what they are. Next to it is a path that a lot of the dead people are on. Sometimes the ones that are consciously dead will, will wander off the path and can go into the house. Julie, I was talking to Lori, and uh, she says you work and live here. Correct. Okay, how long has that been going on? I've worked here a little over two years and lived here about eight months. Now, you've had experiences here? Yes, I have. The first one being a human bite mark right here on my arm. I woke up with it. Okay, was it like red? Oh, yeah. Just like little, tiny, like a human bite mark. Why did I get a bite marked? You know, I don't, I don't know. Why me? I can see it upsets you just thinking about it. It does. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not gonna leave though. I mean, I'm just, I won't. Well, you take care of these people like your family too. If I hurt my family. Now, let me ask you a question, Julie. Is there any place in the house or anywhere at all that you don't like at all? Yes, the wooded area outside. On two different occasions, I've seen a light flicker, and it was black outside, totally dark, no lights. I can imagine it gets dark here. It does get very dark. And this was very clear that it was a light. I don't have a reason for it. It's like someone stood out there and lit a lighter. It scares me, and I come in, you know? But you did check the first time you saw it. I did. And the next morning, I went out and looked to see if possibly there was a cigarette butt, you know, right. there was nothing. There's this path next to this hallway thing. It goes this way too, pretty far. Also, I think that, you know, sometimes over the years, some living people have gone into this and have disappeared. Somebody could just walk into this hallway thing and Disappear? I do think so, yes. So where does it go? Uh, I'd say other dimensions. Where do those go? I, I don't know. I don't want to know. 
I went through the property deeds and nothing really jumped out at me. But when I got in touch with a local historian and author, she said the story of the first owner of Lori's property might help my case. Well, Diane, thanks for taking the time to meet me. I appreciate that. So who exactly was the first owner of the property I'm investigating? Rufus Beeman was the first owner of the property. This is a picture of him. This is uh, the documents showing his ownership of 320 acres uh, in, in the area of Roseburg. Right, so that's a lot of property. That was standard. And if you were married, you got 640 acres. Wow. Uh, there's somebody on the floor. Why is this person on the floor? It's like something paranormal happened to him and he fell down because of it. This is where he went. He just wants to show me things that happened to him here. He was haunted here. What I saw so far was him being in a chair and freaking out. I don't know if he built this place or if he's the first owner of it, but he feels like that to me. Now, Diane, you mentioned that this guy Beeman had an interesting story and may help my case. What do you mean by that? He, he participated in the Rogue River Indian Wars. What happened? Settlers wanted the land, and the Native Americans, of course, were being shoved off their land and kind of fought back. OK. The battle he was involved in, called the Battle of Hungry Hill, took place on October 31st, 1855. Where exactly was this battle site? Just south of Roseburg. Okay. A group of the Native Americans had gone into the hills to hide. One of the Native Americans situated himself so that he was a sniper. And he started shooting the men that were coming up the hill. So now how bloody did this battle get? And the, the settlers and the militia lost about 39 men. The Native Americans probably had 15 to 16 casualties. This is the only battle that the Native Americans won. So now, did Beeman come out of this OK? Yes, he did. He returned home to his property. And he lived on the land for a few more years before he sold it. And then he moved up to Washington in 1861. So what happens to the Native Americans? In April of 1856, they were all rounded up and sent to reservations up in Northern Oregon. OK, did they ever come back here? No. They never regained their original lands. Just recently, some archaeologists found the original battle site and excavated it. The man downstairs thinks that it's all Native American curse stuff because he says that up the hill there, somebody did something bad to their Native American stuff. He says that they were doing some, some excavating. They were digging stuff up, and that's what he thinks happened. Real sick in this room. Oh. Really, really sick. Do you know if there's something causing this? I think that some of the physical ailments is due to some of the activity here. 
real bad, real bad. Really bad. So far, I've got clients being terrorized by unexplained activity and a property that's been the site of bloodshed between Native Americans and white settlers. But I need to see if there's anything else. Searching through old records, I find a man named Richard Brumfield who committed a brutal murder in 1921. Turns out he has a direct connection to my client's property. As soon as I found out a murder victim was dumped on Lori's property, first call I'd made was to the local sheriff. He said it was one of the most horrific murders in Roseburg's history. So the articles I came across showed that a body was dumped on what was once my client's property. And it was a sensational case. What do you know about the guy Brumfield himself? Well, I know Brumfield was a very influential uh, professional here in Roseburg. He was a dentist that moved here in about 1909 and was popular in all the social circles here in Roseburg at the time as well. Okay, so what do you know about the case itself? Well, let me show you something. So this uh, picture here is of Dr. Brumfield, the dentist and suspect in this homicide case. This picture here, this is of the victim that he murdered. That's William Russell. Now, who was he? Well, William Russell worked on a local farm. Okay. The doctor was looking for someone that he could uh, kill and, and use the body to fake his own death. So he murders this guy to make it look like it's him? That's correct. What's the motive to kill this guy then? Well, Brumfield wanted to start a new life with his mistress up in Canada. How's he wind up murdering him and trying to make it look like his own body? He ends up uh, drinking with, with Mr. Russell, uh, feeds him some strychnine. That doesn't kill him. He ends up having to finish the job uh, with a rifle and he shoots him twice. He places his body uh, in his vehicle here. Dr. Brumfield placed him in that car. Uh, he took his own ring off of his finger and placed it on the victim's hand. Okay. He actually removes the victim's uh, dentures or his teeth. He placed a stick of dynamite in the, in the mouth of the victim, uh, which ultimately exploded and decapitated the body when the car was doused with gasoline and lit on fire and pushed off the road. Okay, so that's how this car winds up in my client's property at that time. That's correct. This is uh, the death certificate for William Russell. So how did the cops wind up figuring out that it wasn't Brumfield in the car? Well, during the investigation, the subsequent autopsy, they found a document on the victim in the name of, of Mr. Russell. I mean, this guy really thought everything out except for that one little detail, as smart as he was. They always say there's at least one mistake left behind in a crime scene. Do they catch him immediately? What, what happens? They start a, a search looking for Dr. Brumfield. Okay. They can't find him locally, and they end up um, distributing wanted posters throughout uh, the Pacific Northwest. How's he get caught now? Well, he ends up getting uh, identified by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Up in Canada? Up in Canada. Okay, so they apprehend him. They did. This is a News Review article uh, when he was caught up in Canada. I'm assuming he gets extradited down here? He did. Okay, so does he go to trial? What happened? Went to trial. He was convicted of uh, first-degree murder and sentenced uh, to death by hanging. Okay, so did they wind up hanging him? Actually, before he was executed, he hung himself while he was in the Oregon State Pen. Copy of the death certificate from the Oregon State Penitentiary showing that he uh, committed suicide by hanging. Someone keeps saying uh, the word predator over and over again. I felt 
something bearing down on me and feeling like something really large was behind me, like running after me, like down the hill or something. And then I hear that predator. I encountered several entities during my walk, but two stood out the most. First, the creature I saw trying to get into the house. It was kind of clinging to the house. It has like these really long limbs that end in these claws. Did he have um, teeth or fangs, things like that? Yeah, a lot of fangs. Next, I described the haunted dead man. He's about 65, pretty defined, squared jaw. His nose was pretty thin. He had pretty narrow lips. Is that who you saw? Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Now, Amy, I don't know if you picked up on this during your walk, but this is both a home and a business. Now, on this level, Lori lives here with Devin, her boyfriend, and his nine-year-old daughter, Cameron. Now, downstairs, she has three elderly women that she takes care of as patients uh, full-time. They live here. And you have a caretaker, Julie, that lives down there also. Now, there's a lot of activity here, and Lori's afraid for the patients downstairs. And she thinks whatever's here is ripping her and Devin apart. So now that I told Amy a little bit about what's going on, I'm going to have her describe her walk to us. This is a very active area, and some of it's pretty unusual. When I came into the house, I saw a male laying on the floor, apparently dead. He was being tormented by something. And I thought that he had built this place or was the first owner of the home. He was convinced that he had all of these problems because he thinks there's a Native American curse. And he was talking about how something bad happened to them. But he kept going on and on about archaeologists or like students or something digging up stuff and that that's what caused the problems. Well, it makes sense to me a little bit. I don't know if it's going to make sense to Amy because the original owner of your land was a man named Rufus Beeman. Now, Beeman was granted 320 acres back in 1850. And your house is right in the middle of his original property. Now, when you talk about the Native American curse, in the 1850s, there was the Rogue River Indian Wars. <sighs> Beeman was involved in the only battle that white settlers were involved in with the Native Americans that the white settlers lost. The Americans had 39 casualties. And I think the Native Americans only had 15 losses. Even though the Native Americans won that battle, they all got displaced to Northern Oregon and never came back. Now, you mentioned archaeologists. Yeah. They just discovered, only a couple of years ago, remnants from that actual war. Wow. So, Amy, do you think this is the guy you saw? I did do a sketch of the person that I saw, but he looked much older. You guys take a look, you tell me. Wow. 
Look at the nose. His hair is even parted, right? I've seen thousands and thousands of sketches during my time. Between the eyes, the nose, pretty damn close. Now, do you think Beeman's your guy? Very possible. How the rest of your walk go? So when I got here, I saw that there had been a barrier put up around the house, which was actually a smart thing to do because there is so much activity. We have staged here before. Have you done the outside of the house? Everywhere. Okay. When I was walking around, I went into the master bedroom, and that's where I got a couple of things. One was that you probably have abilities um, and that you may know it, that it runs in your family. And what happens is that some of the dead that wander about here will come in um, and they're curious about you. And you don't know inherently how to move them on because you're not a medium, you're a psychic. Now, did you have any idea you might be a psychic or you yeah, did? Yeah, yeah. You didn't tell me that, did you? I don't tell anybody. Why? Because I don't like it. I shut it down. You know, some of the things I've seen, I don't want to um, see them. What about your family? Did anybody in your family, like your grandmother or anything like that? My mom, my aunts, my great aunt, all the way down. Oh, interesting. So what else did you see? Most of the activity that's happening here is actually coming from two different places outside. The first one, it looks almost like this very long hallway. And what I saw coming out of it was these really odd mutant animals. One in particular jumps on the house. Uh, he would bang on the house, scratch on the house. Uh, there was some growling. And he's been doing this for a very, very long time trying to get in, but he doesn't have the wherewithal to, to get in. Yeah, you guys were looking at each other when she was describing, like, the uh, scratching and all this other stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what we hear all the time. Why are you shaking, Lloyd? It's overwhelming. I did do a sketch of him. <laughs> of the creature? Yeah. Oh, I gotta see this. The one this. that I saw. I don't know if I want to see it. It's the weirdest looking thing. That's horrifying. What does Where he want? He wants in. Oh. What would happen if he came in? Cause problems. Jeez. So much going on. I have come out here and it'd be at night time and I could just feel the presence of whatever at the time it was here. Creepy, weird things, like we're in those trees. That part got me afraid, and that's where I went in the late, Lord Jesus Christ, leave, leave us alone. Mm -hmm. Just leave us alone. Now, you said there were two things in the woods. What was the second thing? The second thing, which is very near to the hallway, is actually a path. And so there were all these dead people, you know, on this, going back and forth, literally back and forth on this trail. It goes right through. 
right through here. And occasionally, some of them wander off and they'll come through the house. So due to this pathway, uh, there were three things that I think can bother you guys. The first thing is illnesses, definitely. Nausea, flu-like symptoms, headaches. And as sensitive as this would be, harder on you than people who are closed. She just described everything you're feeling. You haven't been well, right? I mean, everybody in this house is sick. You got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Yeah. But the weird part is when they're not here, they're okay. You look like you got a headache now. I just feel, uh, my energy level is just totally been sucked dry. Okay, okay, that kind of makes sense, all right. Why? Because the dead are here and it zaps our energy. And the second thing I was getting was like mood swings. One of the main reasons we were called in by you was because you guys are on the verge of breaking up because of these mood swings. That's a big factor. It escalates to where we just don't talk to each other and we're arguing for like the next week. They feed off our negativity. Mm -hmm. They want us to fight. They want us to des destroy mm -hmm. our relationship. It's not like a happy home at all. The third way the dead can affect you is very concerning. Some of them can make physical contact. And I did see uh, a female asleep, but there was a dead person that was actually holding her, pinning her down to the bed. It was a pretty violent thing. And then I actually had one of the stragglers jump out at me, and he just ran right up in my face. And he was like, kind of aiming towards my throat and chest area to like, bite me. I'm wondering if that happened to be what pushed my daughter. And she was out here at the stairs. She came running, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. She was scared. She was, I just got pushed. Mm -hmm. I actually have a picture of his daughter. Aww. Now, her caretaker, Julie, got bit. She's been scratched, bit, and she said that she feels that there are spirits here, is all she told me. Okay, so the scratching, the biting, the pushing, and all that, is that all the dead people? That could be, yeah. Mm -hmm. The dead that are here, I mean, is it, well, is it a threat to them? Yeah, but my biggest concern is this in-between place and the fact that living people can, though rarely, uh, but they can disappear into this kind of parallel dimension. What do you mean by a different dimension? That these things are coming from parallel universes. Can we take a little break? You okay? Yeah, I'll be all right. I know this is tough, especially because you got your daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed right now that she wasn't here for this. Lori, remember the first time we spoke and you said you were scared of this house? Yes. Well, you had a very good reason for that. But we still haven't answered your biggest question. Is it safe for you to stay here with Devin and your patients that became your family, really? So for that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. I hate it when this happens, and it rarely happens. But in this particular situation, this 
home never should have been built. This area never should have been developed. There is truly something supernatural going on that people way long ago before us knew and respected and stayed away from. And unfortunately, the white man came and just obliterated those belief systems and the people who were respecting those places. We didn't listen to them. With that being said, I think you should move. I don't think that anybody should live here. I don't think it's safe for anyone with this situation going on. So what do we do with the house? I mean, you know, nobody can live here. It's a lot to absorb because I've got everything sunk into this house right now. Sounds like it's just going to get worse. If you were to stay, you'd have to sage like twice a day, every day, until you got a shaman who was from this tribe that was displaced. What that person would be able to do is create a protective barrier, but only for the house. The problem is, is that you'll be safe in the house, but you're not safe outside. You can leave the house. Things aren't going to follow you in because you'll have the protective barrier, but you know, there's things all the time out there that could potentially harm you. So this guy Beeman, that was, the first, was probably right about what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. Think he brought it on, or do you think he just? I think he feels guilty. I think he thinks he did. You know, I know the money situation here was not good. I mean, you sunk everything into this place. I mean, what are you going to try to do? Do you have any idea? I'm going to have to get a hold of the shaman. We'll start there. I have sage in my drawer. I'll start saging. We'll get through this, and we'll get out of here, and we'll have a better time. I mean, right now we're just living in our own hell. You didn't think it was going to be this rough? I knew it was going to be rough. I just didn't know it was going to be this rough. There's a silver lining. You know what, what caused your fighting, which caused you guys to be on the verge of breaking up. Maybe now you know why. Maybe you can work things out. That'd be nice. Yeah, I just got to get back to being myself again, and things might be better. I really wish I had better news for Lori and Devin. But the activity surrounding their home is so powerful. The only way to ensure their safety is to get as far away from this property as possible. 